Well, hello and welcome to episode 12 of Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust, a First Geek 411 podcast series. I'm Corey, and I am here with my friends Deanna and Carrie. Hello. I'm sorry, what? My, my friends. What am I to you? My friends. <laughs> not, not anything else? <laughs> no. <laughs> this is what I chose. <laughs> I am offended. <laughs> and I am hurt. <laughs> I, I Deanna's my would... new older sister now. <laughs> I mean, you always you... get mad. I'm like, my sister and my friends. And you're like, am I not your friend? <laughs> so this, this time I was like, okay, my I friends. am a cat and I am finicky. I want everything. <laughs> now, madam, Deanna gets your Christmas presents. <laughs> Awesome! I love this deal. <laughs> I get a sister and presents. <laughs> you already have a sister and probably presents. Um. Okay. Why not twice the fun? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Also, it's interesting that we're doing episode Deanna, are you like, implying I'm only twice the fun of your sister? <laughs> no. She's like, this is a dangerous thing. Don't, don't might listen to this. <laughs> but it's interesting that um, we're on episode twelve, right before Christmas, because of there's that song that's what like song? the twelve uh, jingle days all the of way? Christmas. Jingle bells, jingle bells. What? No, what? the one with twelve in it. Oh, uh, twelve days of Christmas. What's that? Shush. <laughs> All right, take us away, Corey. I, uh, I'm sorry. I just first have to acknowledge that I literally just called Jingle Bells Jingle All the Way. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, a great movie. Though. I've been thinking about the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, <laughs> and I just known. it's, it's the first thing that came out. So anyway, <laughs> we're gonna talk about uh, different things tonight. We're gonna talk about our feature film, The Sword and the Stone. Uh, a little bit about the new Aladdin trailer. And then we're going to get down to business and rank our favorite Disney Christmas movies. Yeah. Alrighty. So, okay. the sword... Yeah, no, go go for it. I was going to summarize. You good with that? Yeah. No. Cool. Okay, Sword in the Stone. The Sword in the Stone, if you have not seen it, is a Disney animated film based on the T.H. White novel, The Sword in the Stone. It's about wow. this, <laughs> It's about the search for a successor to the British throne after the death of King Uther Pendragon. Um, they find a sword embedded in a stone and anvil with an inscription that says whoever can pull the sword is to be the rightful king. Um, no one's able to pull the sword, and as time passes, it's forgotten. In the meantime, the boy Arthur, called Wart, meets the wizard Merlin and and Archimedes, his highly educated owl. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, from them, learns the importance of education and some valuable life lessons about justice and love. Uh, yeah, um, and uh, the importance of intellect through the use of Merlin's magic. Mm -hmm. um, I want to put this here that um, Arthur was one of the first, if not the first, of the great folk heroes whose emphasis was on his intellect rather than his strength. And I learned this in English literature class in college. <laughs> so I like the fact that this movie was teaching him brains over brawn, like over and over again, because even, you know, Odysseus from the Odyssey had great physical feats of strength that he accomplished that nobody else could accomplish. And Arthur was purely his intellect and like his purity of heart and stuff like that and his worthiness. Because it wasn't that he was strong that he pulled the sword out of the stone. Mm -hmm. So I um, I quite like that aspect yes um i do as well uh but i have some problems with it that we'll we'll kind of go through later <laughs> um yeah what do you think of the movie just general um, opinions it's a fun time <laughs> i love the little like jokes and gags throughout the movie um it just kind of gives it a fun personality um, but then there's also that one scene with the squirrels. It's like the most depressing thing. That poor squirrel. <laughs> oh, I'm like, this is the squirrels worst thing. do not mate for life. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. That makes me feel. That, that makes me. That makes me feel better about her now. It's like she'll she, get over it tomorrow. 
Just that one. That is the only squirrel that mates her life, and she's devastated. Just her, yeah. Um, but that whole scene, I'm like, it's funny, but then it gets really sad, and I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> We were having fun and it was great. And then it was just like. <laughs> like this is all awful. Why is this here? But well, I, I, like I, I like... see that sound effect and counter with. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> A million times. They were to use the I same know. sound for him falling <laughs> over and over. It's like the Wilhelm scream. But just in this movie. <laughs> it made me think a little of Futurama. Yeah. They, they use the same sound effect every time Amy falls. <laughs> that you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not, not the one from this movie. It's the same one. <laughs> yeah. I know what you meant. <laughs> Why did you just imagine if you draw about- Whoa, what? Whoa! <laughs> Um, someone recut that a few scenes, some clips, and <laughs> use the sound from this movie of him falling. For <laughs> uh, this movie has no plot. It really doesn't. It's just like fun. It's a fun sequence of events that really b is barely strung together. What at all? Like, yeah, there's a little bit of character development, but yeah, there's not really like someone going after them that they have to defeat. It's like. I'm just going to go on my cute little journey of learning lessons and then it's over. <laughs> well, I think part of the reason that is, is because The Sword in the Stone, while it was originally published kind of as a standalone book, um, was eventually compiled into what we know as The Once and Future King, mm -hmm. uh, along with, you know, uh, several other books. When was it compiled into The Once and Future King? Ah, good question. Um, <laughs> Because, like, I was prompted. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, what happened is the original book, Sword in the Stone, was published in 1938, and Disney got the movie rights in 1939 and probably started working on it. It uh, took them that long? It came out in the 1960s! <laughs> it took yes. them 30 years? They got, the they got the movie rights in 1939. The uh, Sword in the Stone's re-release, um, after, you know, because it had been edited, heavily edited, before being re-released in 1958, but The Sword in the Stone was already well underway and was released in 1963 in the original story of The Sword in the Stone and not the new one, which is super confusing for people that have read The Once in Future King and are like, who is Madame Mim? <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering if, like, if they got the rights in, the like, 38, like, they may have started it, but I'm wondering if the whole, like, the war era kind of like slowed mm. all progress down oh, for a good bit. Oh, sure. I know like, there's like no like like hardly any there were noteworthy no films, films yeah, yeah that came out Surely. during that time. So I bet that accounted for um a lot of time yeah. lost. But, but yeah. One of the things that happened, I mean, that made it seem like it has no plot is it's a part of a greater novel prior to editing. Hmm. So, I mean, it, <laughs> when you look at it as part of the complete novel that it is in now, it has a, a greater plot. And even, you know, they had, they picked little stories from even just the sword and the stone. Um, and when you try to shorten something that much, you might end up with something that doesn't seem like it tells a complete story. Yeah. Cause it's not complete by itself. Yeah, anyway. that's fair. Um, um, I love, and I completely forgot that this was a thing in the movie, when he's like, didn't they may even make you into a motion picture? And he's talking <laughs> about that at the very end. I was like, Disney, what is this anachronistic amazingness? <laughs> it was great. And the thing is, it's not really that, I mean, from what I remember about Once in Future King and Sword in the Stone and other uh, King Arthur like novels that were not part of the original lore... They do that kind of anachronistic stuff in it. Mm, right. Uh, the ones, I, I don't know about others, but the ones in Future King absolutely does that. T.H. White made it a thing. Well, it I mean, like, a, what was it, a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court or whatever? I have never read that. Um, I have read the ones in Future King. So I read it a long time ago. Um, I, I doubt... started it a few times. 
I downloaded the audiobook once, and um, the guy's voice who was reading it was so bad that I had to stop immediately. Connecticut Yankee? Yeah. Um, for me, it was a dramatization of the novel. I think it was a dramatization? Or somebody was reading it. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Um, regardless, um, I liked the movie, but I, I agree it seemed a little more pointless. I think one of the disservices they did the source material was making Merlin not understand what was happening. Yes, in, I agree. In the book, Merlin realized that he was training the king. And At the end of this movie, he's like, oh yeah, that's right, King Arthur and his knights at the round table. I guess that's you. I'm like, but in in the book, he knew what he was doing. He was intentionally teaching him important lessons that would serve him as king. Like in the book, the reason he did the whole uh, like fish saga, um, one of the things he was teaching him is that might the the concept of might makes right, meaning strength defines you know what happens, who does what, and what's right is not good or fair. And it made it made Arthur have more of a a compassion and an interest in protecting people who were not strong, mm. things like that. He spent time as an ant and became um, largely anti-war. He spent time with the geese and had similar lessons. And it was all of this was done to teach Arthur how to be a good king intentionally. Mm. Yeah. So, um, I think I'm talking a little bit too much about the book. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, it's fascinating. I think it's interesting, especially because the movie doesn't have. Like, as much, it's kind of nice to have that, like, extra material to kind of back it up and, like, add more to the story. Yeah. Madame Mim is hysterical. <laughs> She's so random. I love it. Mad Madame Mim! <laughs> Marvelous Mad Madame Mim. <laughs> um, I, uh, one of the things I really like in this, I just like Arthur. He's yeah. so, like, genuine and sincere he's so cute he's charming he's like yeah. i wish i could be a bird i always dreamed of being i'm a bird i'm a bird, I'm a bird. <laughs> oh you're cute now i don't know if you noticed this but that part was actually voiced by three different actors good gravy i thought it 30 years. sounded different like it's almost like did he go through puberty suddenly the first one to get puberty and they had to recast him oh no that's rough and so they, when they recast him, they recast uh, it as the director's two sons, and they, I guess, shared the part between them because I guess Nepotism. the thought is, well, if one hits puberty, we can use the other. Yeah, I thought it sounded different. I was like, wait, he sounded like a kid, and now he does not. <laughs> he sounds different now. <laughs> but yeah, so that act that was actually uh, voiced by three different people. Apparently, this movie that had like it. it had a lot of problems with casting the mm. director for this movie said that they had 70 actors read for the part of Merlin <laughs> and they didn't like him any of them mm. so what they did at the time is um Carl Swenson had actually been cast as Archimedes already and they ended up just asking him to be Merlin and recasting Archimedes oh <laughs> <laughs> ooh what what I like what they ended up with, with the exception of Arthur having to be replaced, but I love Merlin and Archimedes. I feel like this is their movie more than Arthur's, even though he's the main character. Yeah. Um, is Archimedes in the book? I can't remember. Yes. Yes. Is he just as sassy? Um, yeah. He, um, he's, he has his sincere moments. Like, I, I like, there's a part where they ask him what his favorite bird is. And I believe he answers a, a pigeon. It was like a, and everyone was, they were kind of like surprised. They're like, that's your favorite bird? Really? Kind of how dull. And he talks mm. about how they're good mothers and peace loving mm. and stuff. So I thought that was sweet. I, um, I think Archimedes had sincere moments in this whenever he's trying to help out Arthur, you know? Mm -hmm. Especially after Merlin throws his hissy fit and goes to Bermuda. Yeah. Then he kind of shows his more, yeah, like caring side. Yeah. Who just abandons a kid in a castle like that, though? <laughs> Merlin. All right, good luck. Bye. <laughs> no, Merlin didn't know. Also, weren't Kay and Sir Hector? Hector, thank you. 
nicer to him in the book? Uh, yes and no. Okay, uh, I, I think I remember what it was, is that he wasn't, he knew that his father was Uther, but couldn't... No. No? No. He, they knew that Kay was, um, the legitimate son, and it was implied that Arthur thought he was an illegitimate son, at least that's what I got out of it. But what did Uther, not Uther, Hector think? I mean, Hector obviously knew that Arthur wasn't his son, but Did he, he know that he was Uther's son? He did not. Okay. Um, he, but he was good to him and he was, I'd say better to him than he was in this movie. Um, mm. and Arthur and Kay were closer in age. Yes. And Merlin actually taught Kay too. He was the tutor for both boys. And while Kay was a bit of a bully, it wasn't so encouraged by their father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you listening who don't know, Uther Pendragon was king of Camelot prior to Arthur, and it was Arthur's father. Like, so why is Arthur not with, like, what mm-hmm. did, explain that. <laughs> uh, okay, it depends on which version you're reading, but generally it is because Arthur is not a legitimate child. Arthur was conceived with another man's wife, um, uh, the uh, Duke Gorlois's wife, Morgana's father. Yes, uh, Egraine. Uh, she mm. thought she was greeting her husband, um, but really it was a disguised um, Uther. Uther Pendragon who was interested in her. So Arthur was conceived um, illegitimately. Mm. Mm. So anyway, they never mentioned Uther or anything like that in the movie, but if you're looking at the book at the beginning, it says Uther Pendragon in the book. Yeah, it says, like, good king Uther Pendragon, and I was like, like, good king? Well, Mm -hmm. he was good sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, anyway. When he's not stealing people's wives. Yeah. But then again, David was a man after God's own heart, so he was off Mm -hmm. stealing people's wives. Yep. People are flawed. Yeah. Anyhow, um, I do love how Disney incorporated uh, uh, whites and acronyms into this movie. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this movie's like, just know. a lot of fun. I, it, it is. It's just a lot of fun. I love all the, the songs and um, the sassy tea, little sugar bowl. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's like just the randomness of it is what make makes me enjoy it because she's like we have a sassy little sugar pot like <laughs> what is this so random i know he's like fun. leave that poor teapot alone he's never done anything to you <laughs> like, who comes up with this <laughs> um let's talk about the animation i thought that it was quite a beautiful movie um, oh did disney hate it because it's the xeroxing style i love sketchy disney Sketchy um, Disney's the best. I actually read something today. Uh, supposedly, um, people were trying, the animators were trying to make Merlin look somewhat like Walt Disney. Oh, <laughs> I to, do not see that at all. They were. They said his nose is supposed to have quite a resemblance. Apparently they were trying to get Disney's attention because he had stopped paying really any attention to the movies that were being made at the time. Mm-hmm. And so they were trying to get his attention, but it did not work. That's funny. Yeah, I believe um, that when they started the Xeroxing thing, he kind of like... Fell off a little bit. Felt like, yeah, like the art was dying kind of because it's like you're not painting every single frame and like meticulously drawing it. Yeah. I will it, say several scenes in this movie were stolen for Jungle Book. Yep. They the were part where recycled. he's walking and he has the stick and he's walking with Merlin... And the that's, dogs. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, and, and uh, that's Mowgli is just something similar. And then the dogs licking uh, Arthur on the face Mowgli has something similar with Mowgli and his uh, wolf siblings. Yeah, and I watched a video a little while ago. I don't remember who made it. So if you made this and you're listening, I'm referencing your video. Um, they talked about how Disney recycles those like mm-hmm. clips. And it actually doesn't save you any time. 
like because instead of just drawing it out, people have to go search through the archives for those frames, dig them out, trace them, and like um and apparently like the, that whole process doesn't save you any time. It's just it exists. We need a dancing scene. This one was done well, so they copied it, but it's like not for the sake of time and getting it out fast cuz it actually doesn't do that. It's just kind of We've we've done it right once. We'll do it again. You know, like, I so it's like it's kind of cutting corners, but at the same time, it's not cutting time. So, I don't I know. think the um, speaking of animation, I think the animation sequence where um they're having the wizards duel is really cool. Yeah, yeah, I really like the wizards duel scene. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Um. I, it's weird because I, I want to compare things to the book so much, but I can't because I actually just read the um, the Once in Future King. I have not read the original Sword of Stone Sword. with Madame Mim, so. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that. I especially enjoyed that bit as a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, did I say no purple dragons? <laughs> did I? <laughs> I mean... You've I caught. I'm a gem, and you've caught me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I, I mean, that. I think we all enjoyed it. We've kind of had our criticisms as far as the plot, since it wasn't very. It wasn't direct. No, mm-hmm. it was more like a stream of consciousness, just following him on his journey. Yeah. In education. Yeah. Which that's fine. Closing thoughts on the sword and stone. Carrie? It's honestly just good fun. Um, don't go into expecting it to, like, change your life or anything like that. It's, <laughs> it's good fun. Yeah. I I enjoy watching it. Like, I enjoy watching cartoons, just it's longer. Yeah. Like, like yeah. you know, watching an episode of a cartoon show. It's just like, oh, okay. That was fun. I I enjoyed every minute of that, but I didn't... Take much away from it, I guess. Yeah. I like it as baby's first Arthuriana. <laughs> like a, it's like a you know a good introduction to the King Arthur story. For... That's a great like analogy. Like baby's first like <laughs> Arthurian legend kind of thing. Like oh okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a like... lot of fun. Yeah. All righty. So that wraps up our movie of the week, Sword in the Stone. If you have not seen it, check it out. It was a lot of fun. Per well, as we've said many times. <laughs> we said, yeah, per Carrie. Um, yeah. Okay, so this week in our Disney history, Once Upon a Time, on December 21st, 1936, baby Sharon May was born. Within a couple weeks, she would be adopted by Walt Disney. Aww. On uh, December 21st, 1937, one year later, Snow White premiered. Nice. It's it's still, every time, like, I think about when that came out, it's like, that was a long time ago. They, I, know, I was like, right? I'm just like, they had movie theaters? I'm like, I they did. did. Uh, it's just amazing. I did not know that Walt Disney adopted kids. Uh, one, yes. That's cool. he, they had a daughter, and they adopted a daughter. Two girls. Um... Alrighty, on uh, the anniversary of the Snow White premiere, December 21st, 2012, Disney announced that it had completed its deal to acquire Lucasfilm. Alright then. Pretty yep. big deal. That's I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt Lucas right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I have many. Tell me shocked. I'm trying uh, to build up my other fandom shirts. <laughs> December 24th, 1970, The Aristocats was released. Oh. And uh, on Christmas, 1957, Old Yeller was released. Oh, Bubby. A great Christmas film for the family. And, <laughs> and on December 25th, 1963, The Sword in the Stone was released. Oh, wow. Well, good timing. Yeah. <laughs> job, Corey. It's like I planned this. <laughs> Yeah, December, I feel like, is always an active time for entertainment companies because they release Kids are stuff around in December because that's when people are getting together and going to the movies or watching a show or something. I am surprised they released them on Christmas, though. Yeah, it's like, 
They're going to go the day after or the week before. Maybe things were different back then. Yeah. Like a Christmas present, Christmas treat for people. Maybe people only had Christmas off on some days. Yeah, true. Maybe so. I don't know. I'm too young. You know, uh, so for our our, uh, next segment moving forward, the Newsies banner, there was a pretty big trailer this week. Okay. Was it a trailer or was it just like... I thought it was just pictures. I thought it was just pictures. I mean, is there a trailer? Because I definitely saw pictures for sure. I saw Um, some behind the scenes footage. Yeah, that's what, I mean, that's what I was looking at. That's what I watched, so. Okay. All right. I, there are some people I know who hate it, who hate the costume designs and stuff like that. I do not. I don't hate it. I think they look cool. I think I think it's interesting that for Jasmine they chose to like make her look like she's got her midriff is showing, but it's just nude fabric. I'm kind of like, maybe why not just make it all blue? Yeah, why not show her midriff? That is one questionable thing in my opinion. It's like pick one or the other because, yeah, it's like I I don't know. It's like I don't know why you just put nude fabric there. It's like what do you want? Do you want her covered or do you want her midriff showing? It's like commit. I um, (laughs) am. I would be happy if they did something like they do in the parks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. The parks outfit is pretty. Yeah. yeah. Looks really, I like. I like the look of the actress. You know, she's she's uh, half Indian, um, so she. Some of her outfits look very like the pink outfit. Did you see that one, Corey, in the pictures? No. No. Oh, there's like a pink outfit that reminds you. It's very it reminds me of Bollywood. Um, mm. so it reminded me of that. Um, and there are people who are being really mean to the actor for Aladdin, like saying that he's not cute and that the actor who plays Jafar is hotter than him. I'm like, that's so mean. Like, I think he's adorable. Like, sorry. And also, I mean, they're, I think they're just overly critical because, like, the, like, animated Aladdin is kind of like, like, animated to be pretty attractive looking. So I guess it's like, a high bar, I suppose, but it's like I think he's it, it's kind of like Min, I think his name is Minna Masood. I think I think he's really cute. I think he's yeah. adorable. I think he's fine. Like I what I why really, do people um, gotta be so picky? <laughs> I, I like seeing new things from the trailer. Or, I mean, if they're, they're calling it a trailer, I know it's mostly footage we saw before. There's a couple new things, um, but. Mostly, it was just more sand. Yeah, it was really just more sand. <laughs> There's a lot of sand in this movie. We finally saw what the genie looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's not blue. <laughs> I mean, it probably would have looked ridiculous. Yeah, it probably would have looked mm-hmm. silly. So, but I don't know. It, I mean, he's, I guess, more like the Broadway-type genie. I would have liked the guy that they had picked to play Broadway Genie to be in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, I haven't really changed my opinion much based on this. I continue to reserve judgment. Same. <laughs> I want to. Like, I think that most of these pictures have not been edited at all. Um, I think that looking at behind the scenes stuff isn't really going to give you an idea of like the spectacle that they're trying to achieve. Like, cause some of the behind the scenes yeah. footage, you could see that there's going to be big stuff, but you don't get to see it in the way that it's been shot to make it look cool. Right. Like, there's probably a lot in the background or some sort, like, they've done something to it. For, like, it's not just, it's not going to look like that in the actual movie. Yeah. Those dunes, though. <laughs> well, all that sand, it's beautiful. But. Yeah, but it's I, um, but it's coarse and it's rough and it gets everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, I continue to reserve judgment. I um, yeah, I try not to look too much into these things just because I don't want uh, like much like spoilers. I kind of like going into these things with a really open mind of like I don't really know what to expect other than like a little bit of a trailer. Sand is all I know to expect. Just lots of sand. Which yeah. <laughs> I mean, if um, you go into it expecting sand, you will probably not be disappointed. Yeah. I, I honestly, I think it's going to be cool. Um, I'm fine with what I've seen so far. Uh, I do think that the, the outfit 
Jasmine's outfit could have been better if it had just been all like that teal color. But, mm-hmm. you know. I think they're really trying to take as much as, as they can from the first movie. Mm-hmm. But. People want yeah. some historical accuracy if they're going to try to do live action, is all I'm going to say. True. Yeah, but different people also want, like, some continuity yeah. from, from from the movie, it, you know. Yeah, that's a problem with doing, like, live action versions of, like, animated fantastical type movies. Cause it's like, it's a fantasy movie that's animated, and you're trying to make it seem real life, but then it can't really fit into yeah. real life because it originally wasn't supposed to. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's reminiscent of something that's real, but it's its own thing, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. But I still, I'm still going to be hopeful about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think when Disney like makes their own stuff, it goes fairly well. It's when they try to adapt things. We won't go into because I know it'll start a rant, yeah, but man. you know, it's when they try to adapt things that they don't own and didn't create originally, like <laughs> except for Tarzan. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um. So yeah, I don't really have much else to say. We'll see. We shall see. So now we're going into our final segment. Let's get down to business. Let's get down to business. To rent some Christmas movies. <laughs> Alrighty, host goes first. So it is my turn this week. Um, I don't think my list will be that big a surprise. Um, so we'll see. My, my number four is Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> You're kidding. No, I am not. No, you'll see why. Keep going. Don't, okay. don't listen to me. Okay. My number four is Lady and the Tramp. Um, honestly, I, I adore this movie. The only reason it was not higher on my list is because it's not more centered around Christmas. It just happens to take place at Christmas in two places. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, I love the opening of this movie. Little oh. Baby Lady is the sweetest. Hmm. Fun fact. Based on Walt Disney's life. I know. He got yes. his wife a puppy in a hat box like that. Mm-hmm. So and cute. she was like, Walt, another hat. And he's like, uh-huh. <laughs> And then it was a dog. <laughs> great. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a great movie. Uh, I love a movie about dogs. What can I say? Mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, the less focus around the actual Christmas holiday kind of kept it lower on the list. That's fair. Um, number three, Muppet Christmas Carol. I mean, nice. Christmas Carol, it's a classic. Adding Muppets. I mean... What just, could be wrong? Exactly. It's a good story, and I think that um, they still did it justice while trying to make it palatable for kids. Yeah. Is it Michael Caine who plays Scrooge? Don't ask me about actors ever. <laughs> you don't know who Michael Caine is. You get all mixed up. Corey, Michael <laughs> Caine, once when he was in Burma. <sighs> it was, um, yes. Okay. Good job. So, anyway, um, Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, was yeah. it Disney when it came out? Yes. It was 1992. Hmm. So. You're younger than me. Yeah, so that's that. (laughs) Uh, I don't really have a lot else to say about that one. I don't have to defend it. It's a Christmas carol with Muppets. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We love the Muppets. Um, Number two, the Santa Claus. I have one big thing against this movie, and it's the fact that it confused me for how Santa Claus was spelled for many, many years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense, yeah. (laughs) My my teacher would, like, cross out the E, uh, and I'd be like, no, no, it has an E. We didn't get the pun at the time. I did not. I was not old enough to appreciate the pun. Like, it's just about Santa, right? That's how you spell his name. I've seen it. It's spelled this way. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's a great movie. I mean, 
it's a little different from everything else on my list, but yeah, uh, Tim Allen did. I'm sorry, Tim Allen did a, a very good job making a sort of new classic Christmas movie with mm-hmm. this. I um, think, yeah, it was something different. It was nice, I think, to have a a good Christmas story that was fun and original that was not another version of A Christmas Carol. Right? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Because, you know, I was just saying A Christmas Carol is great and classic, and of course it is, but a little something new is nice. So, um, this was uh, a very sweet family Christmas movie. I really liked how even the people that did not believe that he that Tim Allen's character was Santa were not demonized for it. And at the end of the movie, he made up with them and, you know, still was trying to give them their, you know, dreams from when they were younger. Because he's Santa. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's oh, so cute. So good. So he got, yeah. his, he got his weenie whistle. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, um, that's Santa Claus, my number two. And my number one, no one will be surprised, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I've talked about this movie a lot recently because it keeps coming up on holiday type lists. But I mean, it's a Halloween movie. It's a Christmas movie. It kind of does a good job presenting the, the feelings of both. You get your creepy Halloween you get your warm Christmas message about like inclusion and um, the spirit of the holiday, and yeah, yeah, that's that. All right, um, good list. I believe it's my turn. Um, this is why I reacted. My number four is also Lady in the Tree <laughs> because it begins and ends with Christmas. <laughs> nice. Like, yeah. Um, I th- there are some other movies that have Christmas in it, but like I was trying to think of Disney movies that had Christmas in it. I was like, "Lady the Tramp" does because doesn't Lady appear like yes. on Christmas? <laughs> like, um, and then they have the cute little like all the puppies at the end so, yeah. at the Christmas tree and um, Jock and his sweater, Jock, yeah, and his sweater. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just so very cute. I think it's a Christmas movie. Like, it's a Christmas Disney movie, I think. Um, yeah. I was like, I, I agree with Corey on this, but it's just like, we picked it for the same number. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> We're on the crazy. same wavelength this time. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Um, my next two are kind of redundant, but my number three is Mickey's Christmas Carol. Hmm. Um. Because, like, it's, again, A Christmas Carol, but, like, this is one of the movies that, like, this is what made me know about Mickey as a kid. Like, I didn't really grow up watching the, like, car- the little cartoon strips from, like, back in the day that he had. But I grew up with, like, Mickey's Christmas Carol and, like, Fun and Fancy Free and, like, all those, like, Mickey, like, film type stuff. Um, oh, VHSs. VHSs, yeah. So, um, this was probably also one of my earlier exposures to that story. Um, and I just remember like little tiny Mickey, like little tiny Tim Mickey, like the family and, um, and Scrooge McDuck is Scrooge. <laughs> like, that works. I don't know. It's just very memorable to me. Um, but my number two is Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> who doesn't love the Muppets? <laughs> I do not um, know. Like they're, they're, that version is just more comical, more fun, I think. Um. So, yeah, um, you can't go wrong with Christmas Carol, but you can get very redundant. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's funny, we went to a play recently that was like the Magic Tree House's telling of A Christmas Carol, like how it came about, I suppose. Um, it was like a stage play for kids. And I was like, the Christmas Carol is everywhere. <laughs> I guess it's, it's kind of like Monopoly. You just put a skin on it and it still works. Like, you just pick whatever theme you want mm-hmm. as a Christmas carol, and it's the same thing, but it yep. still works. So, um, and my number one is the Santa Claus, because it is, like, Disney's kind of Christmas classic hey. that really, it 
sticks with me of like like you guys said where he like goes back and he gives the presents to the people like i always wanted this so he like gives them the um presents that they wanted as kids and um i don't know it was just very magical and i love whenever he goes to the north pole and like the way it's set up and like how everything is i was just like this is kind of how i imagine actual like the North Pole would actually be like, like it just really kind of lined up with my like young child's like image of Santa, I guess. So, yeah, we really are feeling each other this time. I know it's weird. <laughs> You're yeah. always the controversial one. Y'all are just totally on the same wavelength. Yeah. What's Carrie going to do? <laughs> so, yep. Well, that's fine now. <laughs> my number four. Is Lady in the Tramp. <laughs> I kid you not. My number four is Lady in the Tramp because it begins at Christmas. And who doesn't want a puppy for Christmas? Which, PSA, do not get somebody a puppy for Christmas without proper planning ahead of time because that is how puppies end up at shelters. So please be very careful before deciding to get your uh, somebody a puppy. Probably shouldn't do it for kids unless you know like it's going to work out and you're prepared for that sort of responsibility. Mm-hmm. That said... Um, getting an adult a puppy for Christmas is great. If they want it. Mom and dad, I'd like another puppy. If they want one. <laughs> I know you listen to this, Mom. <laughs> Mom, I want a puppy. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah. Uh, I really don't need to go over it more than the two of you already have. Um, it's not, it's a great movie. It's not any higher because it's only loosely Christmas. Mm-hmm. My number three is Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. Um, the reason why it's so higher is because I don't feel like it's a Christmas classic. You know what I mean? Like, it's a good movie. It's a great movie. It might even be a better movie than the two, um, that are above it. But I don't feel it to me as, like, one that I must watch at Christmas time. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a little different. Uh, but it's great. We have talked about it in depth for weeks. So I'm really not going to go more into it, but it's a good movie. I promise we'll stop in January. (laughs) Eventually. Um, my number two is The Santa Claus. Great movie. Uh, Tim Allen as Scott Calvin. And I'm uh, playing uh, the guy who becomes Santa is so interesting. And I like that the story isn't about him winning his wife back or something like that. It's just about him reconnecting with his kid and the magic of Christmas. Like, mm-hmm. And things aren't perfect in the end, but they make it work. And I like I like that a lot. And I like I like him learning the true meaning of Christmas and all that stuff, and it's just good. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. And it good. wasn't, I like that it was him having to grow as much as it was about everyone realizing he was telling the truth about being Santa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a personal growth story and all that stuff, too. It was good. My number one is going to be controversial. Oh. Or shocking, to say the least. Move on! how did you know it takes place in the snow no it's not Mulan Um, my number one is the small one okay the small one in case you have not ever heard of it is a Disney animated short film it's like about 30 minutes long Um, and it is about a young boy who um, his father tells him our donkey the small one has gotten too old to continue to work as hard as he has um so we need to take him into town and sell him and the little boy is very upset because it's the small one is his best friend and that's what they call the donkey is the small one and it's his best friend he doesn't want to but he's like you know what i'll take him dad and he promises the small one that he's gonna find him a good home where people will brush him and love him and take good care of him and he won't have to work hard he'll be loved And so he goes into town and he has a really hard time finding anybody who will take him seriously. The guy, uh, a tanner wants to buy him and skin him and he doesn't want to sell him to them and all this stuff. And nobody wants to buy him because it's an old donkey and all this stuff. He has this hard problem. And so it gets to the end of the day and he's outside of the, the city and he's crying and a man approaches, and he's like, are you the owner of this donkey? And he says, yes, I am. And he says, he seems he seems very gentle. Is he by any chance for sale? And he's like, he is, he is. And he's like, oh, good. All I have is one piece of silver. Will that work? He's like, 
yes, that's fine. Um, as long as, you know, he's well taken care of and loved, he's like, oh, he will be. I just need someone to, I just need a good, gentle donkey like this to carry my wife to Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it turns out it's Joseph and Mary, and he sells the donkey to Joseph and Mary, and he's the one that takes Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem. And, like, it ends with, like, the star in the sky. It's, it was a much older Disney animated short. It was done by Don Bluth back when he worked for Disney. Oh, wow. I, I adore the small one. The reason it didn't make my list is I did not consider it a movie. I'm trying to remember if I saw it or not. It's adorable. It's a great sneaky Christmas one. I think that if, if I ever have kids, I'd like to show that one to them, like, all the time for Christmas because it's great. And what's great is, like, the small one, his animation looks all like Littlefoot when Littlefoot's a baby. He kind of does, yeah. It's so cute. But it's it's great. It's just good fun. And it's really sweet because this the relationship with the little boy and his donkey and how he wants to find a good home for the donkey. It just really embodies, you know, love and kindness and friendship. And it's so sad but so sweet. And it's just, it's got so much heart to it, and I love it. It's a great little film. Aww. Like, so that's my number I, one. I can't remember if I saw it. And I know it wasn't a full feature-length film, but I I had to put it on there. It's, I, I feel like I may have, like, once as a kid, but it's been so long that I can't confidently say that The little boy's animation looks a lot like Mowgli. Hmm. And he has this, this little song that he sings. He's going about telling. He's like, small one, small one. No one and it's just like it's it's just really sad that he has to sell his friend a little Jack and the Beanstalk like, but but yeah, I, I really did consider the small one, but I just didn't think it was a movie. Yeah, that I I decided to put it on there be, maybe because it won't get picked, but I feel like we had to raise awareness of the small one at least. Yeah. I get that. So if you haven't seen it, it's easy to find online, actually. Um, I found it on YouTube, and please, Disney, don't put me out of business. Um, I found <laughs> it in other places. Just type up the small one in this other place yeah. where you can find it. It's really, it's a cute watch. Oh. Um, Alrighty. So from the tallies, it looks like Lady in the Tramps number four, because we all picked it for number four. Was, uh, would that make it number four? I think it should be number I, three. I think so. You think it should be number three? Yeah, because we all picked it. Okay. Um, so what should be number four? I'm thinking the one of the Christmas carols, like Muppet, because that came up twice. Here's the thing: I never uh, that makes sense that Muppet would be on would be number four. I've never seen Muppet Christmas Carol. How did you manage? That? I don't know. I just I've never seen it or Mickey's Christmas Carol. I haven't seen a lot of Disney Christmas movies. I feel like Clearly. they all came on ABC Family at one point. Or I haven't another seen any just... of them, so I'm I'm a big fan of the um of the uh oh what are they called the uh the, like the stop motion Christmas films that are like kind okay. of creepy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like Rudolph. <laughs> yeah, and... and like the the year without Santa Claus with the heat miser and cold miser and all that. Oh, yeah, those are classics. Yeah. Those are classics, um, but I've seen a lot of those, but I haven't seen a lot of Disney Christmas movies. Yeah, there aren't a lot, granted. Yeah. Um, Honorable mention to uh, Beauty and the Beast, Enchanted Christmas. Enchanted Christmas. <laughs> um, or do we want to take off Christmas Carol and put Small One on at the bottom because it was mentioned and it was your number one? Hmm. And just be like, Christmas Carol's been done before. That's hmm. That's up to y'all. I don't know. Corey? Um. I could do that. Okay. Now, here's actually... Hmm. I think... I actually think Lady and the Tramp. Wouldn't that make Lady and the Tramp number two? True, because Lady and the Tramp was on all all of our lists. Because the Santa Claus was on all of our lists. Yes, so that would be our number number one. one. Lady and the Tramp would be number two because it's on all of our lists. Yeah. Okay. Night Before Christmas would be number three. Because it was high and it had two. Yeah. Okay. And either Disney's Christmas carols in any rendition would be number four or small one. Hmm. Corey, you're the host. You decide number four. I'm fine. My feelings Uh, are hurt. I'm going to say let's do the Christmas carols because 
and we'll just we'll we'll you know give a good shout out to small one i just don't consider it a movie that's fine i just wanted some love for the small one yeah no i i love the small one but yeah so christmas carols it is I'm gonna put it on the notes. Um, actually, let's specifically say Muppet because Muppet because it was higher. Yeah. It was on. It was mentioned Muppet twice, was. and it was higher on your list. Okay. And alrighty, so that makes our final list: number four, A Muppet Christmas Carol; number three, Nightmare Before Christmas; number two, Lady and the Tramp; and our number one Christmas movie is The Santa Claus. Hmm. And then special honorable mention to the small one. Yeah. Yeah, because it's so cute, guys. If you haven't seen it, please go watch it. It's so sweet and sincere. Oh, <laughs> so good. Okay, I think that will wrap us up, though. Um, I'd like yeah. to thank you all for putting up with my coughing and sniffling throughout this whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope, you liked, uh, I hope you liked our list. I hope you liked our show. Please, uh get a hold of us if you want to talk about it you can reach us on facebook at faith trust and pixie dust podcast you can email us at firstgeek411 at gmail.com uh, you can tweet it at ftpd underscore podcast and uh well, let us know what you thought let us know what your favorite disney christmas movie is and we have personal twitters as well we do we do you could reach um deanna at, at Deanna790, Carrie at at sparkle underscore fists, or me at at spilled eggs water. Yep. I think you guys that we've been getting along too well in our, in our let's get down to business. I think we need our next one to be controversial. Yeah, we'll have to have some discussions of Yeah, I think we've all been like, been too, been too kumbaya in our let's get down to business. We need to have screaming matches again, Corey. Yeah, we're People coasting into, we're coasting into the end of the year. We need to spice it up. Spice it up. We are taking two weeks off. Yes. So. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So if you don't hear from us, it's because we're taking a couple weeks off for the holidays. So we'll be back in 2019. With some... See you then. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye.